Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give you a quick context on who is coming on. So today we have on Jennifer of Expansive Mindset Coaching. She is a business mindset coach and consultant transforming culture for the late identified autistic and ADHD adults through entrepreneurship, connection, and opportunity. So this is a really good con- you know, good topic to hear for those who are late identified or also exploring, like basically the easiest way for you to know if you're a TikTok or Instagram or wherever you consume information has been talking about neurodivergence or the symptoms you might have it, it's going to be a good conversation for you just to see like if this feels aligned for you, if this feels like something you want to learn more about. It's a really great surface level start on how to kind of see what it might look like for you to add this more into your business, especially if you are neurodivergent or exploring that as well. So look forward for you to hear it. If you have any questions at the end of the show, feel free to DM either Jennifer or I. Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Online Presence Podcast, where we bring you mind-blowing and heart-opening insights to help you sell more of your life-changing offers with ease. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, a sales funnel and message energetic strategist, and for those curious, a one thing generator living in sunny California. I help life-first personal brand entrepreneurs who are tired of putting their life last on the path to growth to make sure to help you to design high-converting marketing around your life and not the other way around. Together, we'll dive into the deep world of compelling funnels and messaging that moves people like poetry. Join me as we explore everything that an online presence covers, from new sales copy angles to nervous system regulation during scaling, to even the horror stories between balancing work and travel, to even tarot cards. We cover it all. And the best part? We'll do it together, as it's my mission to help convert your next 100 lifetime buyers. So tune in. Take notes and let's elevate your online presence to the next level. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jennifer. I think this is going to be a really great conversation for really anyone who's been in the, you know, the space of the late identified entrepreneur neurodivergence. Because I feel like there is, we talked about this before even recorded, this huge rising that's happening, but it's Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. No one talks about it unless they feel like the container they're in or someone's actually mentioned it. So I'd love for those who maybe are thinking they might be, or seeing some things, what are kind of the main ways you see uh, this pop up for people, especially in the entrepreneurship side of like their calendar system, nothing. Like what is usually the things that you kind of <laughs> notice or people come to you for at the beginning that really helps to show um, the spectrum of like how this can pop up? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting me to this conversation. I love talking about this. And um, like you said, there's a lot of conversation happening in the background, you know, like I think with so many different identities that are coming into the foreground, there's like this kind of signaling that we do like, hey, is it safe? Are you, are you neurokin? Can I like unmask here? Do I have to like pretend to be neurotypical or straight or, you know, whatever it is that um, like, is vulnerable to share with people. And so I love that the more we can bring these conversations to light, the more prevention that we can give to other folks to to explore. And that's part of my own story of um, watching the TikToks and seeing myself reflected in so many memes that I was like, I I don't think I can ignore this. I think this is something... (laughs) 
like hundred percent of these memes are relatable. So some something is happening here. So I think, yeah, in the in the realm of entrepreneurship, for sure, um, folks who are maybe not yet identified um, as autistic and or ADHD, like a lot of neurodivergent folks are incredibly innovative and that's part of where our entrepreneurship comes from. Yeah. And then it like, then it comes to follow through and it comes to consistency and it comes to taking all the steps that it takes to actually get from innovation to like actual minimum viable product or service or a website, right? So some of the things that people find is like, oh, like the executive functioning that it takes to, to, to know what the steps are to begin to begin a business and get started, um, to create systems of operating, even if it's just you, one person, what is your system for connecting with customers or connecting with clients and following through? Um, what is the system for not letting folks fall through the cracks and managing schedules, right? Like all of those things test our executive functioning. And for those of us who have more, um, shall we say like unreliable, spotty executive <laughs> functioning, um, really having, having systems that help like I I love automation mm -hmm. and I just um this isn't like a pitch or anything but I just got a subscription to Zapier because I'm like yep what can I like yes. what can I communicate with other things what can I make automatic because it's just a lifesaver like when those flows are automatic somebody purchases the package and an email goes out to welcome them and you know the the meeting reminders and here's your link. All of those things are automated and it just takes it off my brain. So I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to think about it. Um, and that's like, that's one of the core things that I talk about with folks. Like how can we automate your systems to help you out? How do we utilize calendars and reminders yes. to help, help you to stay on, on task with what your schedule how do we schedule in things that are not a meeting, but okay, I'm, I'm scheduling a work session to do paperwork here. How do we utilize body doubling and co-working sessions with, with others to get stuff done? Um, especially those things that are like where, where we're just kind of frozen, stuck at the feeling of enormity of this to-do list, right? And then so oftentimes when we get started, we're like, oh, that took me five minutes. Why, <laughs> why yeah. have I put that off for two months? <laughs> because it was big and scary. It feels like a mountain for like, even for me, like yeah. certain tasks that even though I've done them before and I'll, um, you know, once I'm over that, like starting, starting task hump, I'll be like, I'll be fine. But it's, it really is like generating that enough energy. And I think it'll be really good for those two who 
if this is the first time they've heard about the podcast of, of like neurodivergent pieces, I think talking about executive, executive function, the phrase of it, neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. And also I think too, the thing that I didn't realize as well that I'd love your uh, like chat on as well, systems, calendars, reminders. I truly can't imagine how people stayed focused like 20, 30 years ago without having any like technology because even now, I I think I just this weekend was like, I need to put in a little bit more like reminders for myself for certain things. And, you know, 30 years ago, you would have to rely on a paper calendar and like post-it notes if you're mm-hmm. lucky, which is just so crazy to think about. But I think it'd be really interesting to hear from your perspective um, around this pars- the, this piece, like you mentioned, around the executive function and start tasks. I think those two especially mm-hmm. are like definitely the the most common I feel like starting places for people even for myself and also the spectrum too of like how different uh you know different indicators can pop up because I didn't realize Mm -hmm. you know going through this avenue the last two or three years I'm curious to hear this perspective too from your side I've been in the space online space for like five years of online marketing and for the longest time I would identify as a like creative entrepreneur. Cause I think a few years ago, that was the like blanket term for people who didn't feel like they could, you know, accomplish or like finish things because you're creative. And now we're finally getting more like, labels and terms, but for people who don't know possibly, you know, what the term executive function or even like the neurodivergence, I'd be curious if you can just like share a quick blurb of like what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So neurodivergence is an umbrella term that encompasses a whole range of brain types, not just autistic and ADHD, but also anxiety, depression, complex trauma, dyslexia, dyscalculia, um, so so many others that I'm forgetting. Um, One of my favorite educators is called the lived experience educator, and they have created a beautiful graphic that is literally an umbrella with a bunch of terms. Again, it's not exhaustive because there are many ways in which the brain diverges from whatever whoever decided was the typical brain, right? Yep. Neurodivergence encompasses just different brain types. The term neurodiverse just encompasses like that they it just recognizes there are many neurotypes. So a neurodiverse group of people could include neurotypical, autistic, ADHD, anxiety, all together. Um, executive functioning refers to really like the, the part of our brain that executes tasks. So sometimes I call it like the just do it function. <laughs> but like, don't come after me, Nike. Um, <laughs> in that like, we will have, um, you know, like an, an alert in our brains, like, mm. hey, you're thirsty, go get water. Yeah. Folks who don't have any challenges with executive functioning will get up and get water and do what they need to do. And it like, they don't think about it. They don't have to have a pep talk with themselves about it. It is just like an automatic thing for folks with Spotty, unreliable executive functioning. It can be more of a chore to, like, I want water. I know that I need water. And also, uh, <laughs> like, the whole process of having to go get water. Yeah. 
water and maybe there are no clean cups. So I'm gonna have to wash a cup before I can go get water or maybe the water filter is empty. So I'm gonna need to fill it and wash a cup and wait for the water to trickle down before I can get a cup of water, right? Like all those steps cost certain amounts of energy. And for folks with limited amounts of energy for those executive tasks, it can be, it can be overwhelming. And so sometimes yeah. it's like, you know what, I, I'm fine. I'll just go without the water or sure I'm hungry, but I have work to do. Let me just keep working for a little bit. And before we know it, it's four o'clock in the day and we've never like had lunch or any snacks whatsoever. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's challenging because it's not just, it's not this, it, um, mind over matter circumstance, like just put your mind to it because the hiccup is neurobiologically in the mind. We know what we need to do. Uh, we just don't know how to do it or like don't know how to begin, yeah. um, get that first step in motion. Especially when it comes to, like you said, I, something I didn't realize for a long time was um, also the difference between like executive function plus like decision, you know, paralysis and stuff like that, because mm -hmm. that definitely is something that even, especially I think as an entrepreneur, because you have so many like hats you're having to carry or put mm -hmm. on balance, whatever the word is, um, yeah. that that on top of then, you know, trying to then have that brain energy to decide what's to do. And then another brain energy to even get through the task. It makes sense why for a lot of us too, who are like neurodivergent, we're already starting at like, not a lower cup, but like a more like a spirally shaped cup versus like a regular, <laughs> like <laughs> regular cup. So I, I think it's really interesting as we talk about this too, so much of this is really having to hone in on our own innovation, like you mentioned, to mm -hmm. find creative ways to help ourselves that aren't the, like one of the, the ones I can think of that I'm always like, you're crazy, is when people try and have you uh, do those like content scheduling in like a month, like write, write your entire post oh. in a month or like write your entire post in a month within an hour or something. I'm like, you think my brain is going to be able to have enough energy and motivation to like power through that kind of stuff. And it's no fault to their own, but I think sometimes too, and I'm curious as you help people as well with this, like, I think there is a need as well with the offers we create to start to better custom fit for people, mm -hmm. like wherever brain types they are. Like, you know, I have clients also myself, but even clients of mine who are um, ADHD and neurodivergent where, you know, instead of going from doing like long exhaustive calls that take forever and like drain you, we should do like Voxer coaching. And I do it where like, I give us like a little burst so that we're not on there the entire time and they get a break and asking about their capacity the first thing we start with is like, what's your mm. capacity and like shift it from there. But I think it, that only happens when I started to experience it for myself and not see anyone else like support in that way. So I'm curious yeah. for your people too, that you help out with like how many of them are now not just restructuring their business for themselves, but also for their clients. Cause I feel like we all try and find each other too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Some people call that like the you know, the, the neurokin radar or <laughs> somebody called it like neuroscope. You just zero in on like, oh yeah, I'm getting the, 
again the weird misfit vibes and and I use weird in the most like positive and yes. <laughs> endearing form um but yeah absolutely I think that's part of what part of what creating accessibility is about, right? Like when I'm on group coaching calls, I let folks know, like I'm gonna turn on the closed captioning for folks. I know I have auditory processing things. So sometimes it takes my brain a couple extra seconds to process what's been said. And I can't always keep up verbally. So reading, reading the captions helps me to keep up. Um, a lot of folks, are like it's an energy drain to be on camera yep. and so I let folks know show up don't you I don't need to see your face in order for you to to like benefit from this time um if you're not feeling particularly vocal participate and engage in the chat and share your questions or comments there and you're absolutely right the more that we build accommodations and like normalize the practice of incorporating accommodations on various levels of accessibility, the more, you know, we can, so hopefully those changes ripple out into other and larger businesses, right? Like that's part of my mission. I'm like, I'm just going to change the world and <laughs> build this business. It's like a model of like, you know, an accessible utopia of what, what business could possibly look like um, and ways that can help people show up. So one of the one of the staple components I offer um, all my clients who are in group coaching or in the, the social membership is weekly body doubling sessions. Mm -hmm. So body doubling, some people call it co-working. It's just a session, it's a two hour block. People can come and go as needed. Um, I'm not actively coaching in that space. It's really, we come on the Zoom call, we check in, here's, here's my goal. Here's what I'm gonna be working on. And then we turn off our microphones and get to work. And there's something so powerful for so many of us about, hey, you're doing work, I, I can do work too. Like it, it yeah it shrinks that mountain that keeps us frozen from beginning. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, I had a body doubling session with clients and I was avoiding doing some QuickBooks <laughs> reconciling, <laughs> yep. not my strength. And I was like, Ooh, I'm, I'm going to do that during body doubling because then I have support. And it was oh, like, of course, like all the other things, it went by very quickly but it was so much easier to do around other people who were also doing tasks. Um, and I don't know exactly, you know, neuroscientifically, I don't know exactly what is going on in the There's brain. There's something about it, yeah. But, the, but yeah, it's, it's something that is effective. There are folks who, um, who schedule like household chore body doubling dates yep. to just like okay you clean your kitchen I'll clean I'll fold laundry and like we'll just get it done and it's not necessarily about talking to each other during the process but just knowing someone else is here working on tasks and I can too so it's funny you mentioned body doubling because I think I just heard about that a couple months ago and I finally tested out one for 
for myself using the website FocusMate, it's like one of the ones I heard about recently where it's that same thing of you show up with a stranger. This one's a stranger, but like you show up with a stranger, um, you book it for like either 25, 50 or, you know, an hour 15 and you can just do the task there. No one's talking, but just, you know, that the camera's on that they're, they're there with you. Mm -hmm. And there is really something to be said about having that body doubling, especially for tasks that you don't want to do because yeah. it's inevitable. I think an entrepreneurship I think sometimes there's a fallacy around, um, you know, the phrase of do what or, you know, do what you love, get paid with what you do hundred percent. You will, but to expect every single task in your business to be like super easy, fly good, especially if you're not a place where you can't like offload all the things that you don't like, you have to work with what you got. So I love that part that you incorporate the body doubling. And I'm really curious too, as you help your clients too. Like you said, you're building this business to hopefully be a model for others. How do you help others, especially, you know, redefine their offers, how they're showing up that fits best with them? Cause I'll, I'll even, I love being a guinea pig on my podcast. So like feel free to use me. <laughs> um, I noticed that the work that I do is very personalized, like helping people like audit their sales funnel, create new messaging. Like it's very mm -hmm. intensive and it's also very draining for me. And I noticed for myself as a not as consistent person that sometimes even the idea of, you know, hiring or sorry, bringing on people who are like one-to-one -one clients for three to four months, thinking about having that commitment feels very big, even though I've done it, you know, 10 plus times or whatever. I'm mm. curious how you help people reshape maybe offers that were very intensive to work best with them knowing like the consistency the executive function how do you help them kind of take them through auditing their business or even like themselves to help it fit better with their life ah i love that question um because it is it is so individual i was i was talking with someone recently about um pricing and i think i'm i'm laughing because like so many neurodivergent minds are um, really adept at seeing patterns and, and the interconnectedness of things, right? So we were talking about pricing, but in order to figure out pricing, we need to know like, what, what do you need to make in a month, each month? And what is your capacity for how many hours of client FaceTime you can do? And how do we build in a pricing structure for the, the, the tasks that are included in your work of supporting clients, but that aren't FaceTime. You know, maybe you're making a worksheet for them or you're creating a, yeah. a plan or following a um, boxer or, or WhatsApp, right? And so a conversation about pricing also becomes a conversation about capacity and how to set those boundaries and how to become comfortable. Okay, if a person's boundary is my max for being able to show up and be present in the full energy that I want to bring to my clients is a maximum of five one-on-one -on -one clients. Okay, five one-on-one -on -one clients. If you're seeing five clients weekly, okay, what, 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 do those prices need to be in order to, to support you and also be able to, so that you can also balance. If, if that is not gonna, if like the math is not gonna math there, then it goes into thinking about, okay, is there, is there a one-to-many program that you can offer that 
raises, you know, increases your income without necessarily increasing the cost for clients and without increasing the cost for the entrepreneur of having to, you know, show up more times a week. Are there digital products that they can create that can be generating passive income, right? So the conversations are very interconnected um, when we're talking about like the, the capacity of, of the entrepreneur and what the, what the needs are. And absolutely, like you said, certainly at the beginning in early startup when, I mean, unless somebody's starting with like an amazing amount of capital, more often than not, that's not the case because many late identified neurodivergent folks are multiply marginalized identities. So also historically undercapitalized. Um, at the beginning, we have to wear a lot of hats. And I, um, for instance, marketing is one of the pieces that is so difficult for so many of us. The visibility, the perpetuity, which you have to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. You have to keep making posts and keep putting yourself out there. That that demands a lot of, of executive functioning and a lot of social emotional energy um, that is, is very hard on neurodivergent entrepreneurs and finding ways to finding ways to hack that of you know repurposing. <laughs> Repurposing content. Did you post something six months ago? Bring it out of the closet, dust it off, and post it again, right? If it's still if it's still relevant, finding ways to um, simplify some of those things for ourselves, especially with the tasks that are not our favorite or that are more high energy demanding. I think that's the biggest part of this too, especially for any type of neurodivergent people is that that conversation of capacity. And it's one of the hardest ones too, because like you said, it is so personal. I mean, entrepreneurship in general is something that you have to, you usually go down the path first of like, let's, let's get to everyone's template and use their programs. Like let's copy and paste and realize it doesn't work for you because it wasn't created for you. And then have to exactly. like redo it all. And I think that's where a lot of people start to begin to realize that those past, you know, programs they might've been in weren't actually aligned for them. And mm. I a hundred percent agree around pricing is really around capacity as well, because like, if you price yourself too low, that means you're going to have to either, you know, convert, you know, uh, what's the word compromise your boundaries to say, mm. you know, let's try and add in two more people just because they didn't feel confident enough to, to have that price. So I think what I'm hearing too from you that I'd love to have you explore into is there is a lot of hats we have to wear. So where do you kind of find the, what are the, the first maybe categories or first parts of entrepreneurship that you usually start with people to, to look into? Mm. That's a good question. I'm going to, I think I'm going to start by not answering it and then getting to it. <laughs> okay. That's just my neurodivergent way. Um, one of the things that I think about with capacity that I like, I just wanted to also acknowledge is for many neurodivergent folks, we also have a whole collection of other like chronic illness, autoimmune illnesses, whatever other conditions that 
we also have to factor in not just how our brain works, but how our bodies are working. And one of the things that I work on with folks is to normalize like <laughs> being in a way that supports your own thriving. So I much rather support someone rescheduling a meeting with me because they have a migraine or because, you know, they're just like not feeling peopling today and, and have that be a normalized thing. That's not, oh, that's unprofessional. They rescheduled, but have that be like, yes, take care of yourself. Let's show up as our best selves and let's make space for that and grace for that and have that be a normal practice. So that means that we have to exercise more flexibility, which can sometimes be challenging for you know more autistic brains that really like to have, have our schedule um, and not have uh, abrupt changes to it, right? So it, it requires us to practice some of that flexibility. But I think, I know for me, when I've had to do that, um, and we've had to reschedule our mm -hmm. time here. I appreciate when I can, when I can make that need known and when the response is not like a guilt trip or shaming around that, but it's just like, yeah, I understand. That's no problem, we'll reschedule. And as I do that for others and others do that for me, we begin to build this ecosystem that normalizes taking care of ourselves over hustle and grind and some kind of outdated oppressive notion of what professional looks like right because yes what professional is 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 really rooted in like racist ableist <laughs> systems of oppression so yeah. yeah so at this point I've forgotten the question that you <laughs> that you asked because I wanted okay. to say those other things. Um, I'll get back to that in a second because I, I think especially when we're talking to like fellow neurodivergence, the the concept of a linear conversation is out the window. So <laughs> I have no problem with that. Uh, even if like for those who are listening, if you go back a couple episodes to where I was talking to my client, it was a one hour and 45 minute conversation because we kept moving all the way around. But we got there. And I always believe that like whenever yeah. we're talking to people, we'll always get there. But I think what I'm hearing, especially about this too, is there is a lot of deconstruction right now, not on, I mean, yes, not the neurodivergent space, but I think also in like a lot of um, uh, female or, or non-binary identifying uh, business owners who are starting to realize mm -hmm. that, okay, these ways weren't really created for us. And right. they're also just like, just literally not working anymore for us. And also, I don't think they're working for a lot of the, like the male counterparts either anymore, to be honest. So I feel like there is this deconstruction happening, but it still feels like it's in its infancy to some degree. Mm -hmm. Like even though it's become bigger on TikTok and so forth, I feel like you said the the experience of having to actually speak your needs is the biggest thing of all of this because we're we're kind of conditioned to just kind of the customer's always right, the people, you know, starting with them first. And there really has been a shift to asking, like, what do you need first? before others, but it is such a 180 to kind of what we're, we're taught, you know? So to Absolutely. go back to the question around capacity, a lot of this comes down to what I'm hearing too, is like, what is your capacity, but also like, what are the boundaries? So I'm, I'm curious mm -hmm. as you help people unearth this, 
are there questions or even like a prompt or exercise you help people out with to start to maybe identify their boundaries or even their ceilings they're hitting right now in their, you know, showing up in marketing, their offers or pricing. Is there something that you kind of start your people out with that really help them to get a better perspective on what's kind of fallen through right now? Yeah, I think, well, I think like you said, so, so much of it is personal. And so like Kind of this ongoing theme of neurodivergence is there is no one right way trademark right like <laughs> the one right way is what is harming everybody yeah right because we we don't all fit and so um that's where some of the the more individual or um you know workshopping with a person on a specific piece in the group coaching setting comes in to really determine kind of tuning into self, right? That has to be part of the the initial work of when is my peak creative time? When is my peak zero functioning time of, of the 24 hour cycle, right? And finding out okay, like if you wake up in the morning and you are like, I don't want to see another person, but my brain is going, it has ideas, I'm ready to create. Awesome. Use that time to create some of your content. Use that time to write a blog or write some posts. Um, don't schedule meetings during that time. Don't don't schedule FaceTime. Um, wait until like your body... <laughs> And your energy is ready to like interact with other humans. For me, that's like 10 a.m. and later, right? Like before that, my brain is going, but I don't want to be interacting with people yet. That's like my time to be in my own head. So some of it is learning about ourselves and, and that can take some trial and error in the process. I think so many of us are trained like nine to five is the work day. Yes. That, that while we may have a sense of like, I don't fit in that, it might still take some time to figure out what, what works. Like I can do a chunk of work and be really productive in the morning, have kind of conversations with people in the midday, and then like definitely need a nap somewhere in there. And then like my brain perks up again, sometimes around six or seven o'clock. And I do another couple of hours of, of work stuff on my, whether it's creative or writing. And it took me time to figure that out. I think that's a huge Um, part. Like you mentioned around the, with the ever going process, I think calendars in general are always like the ever, you know, ever unfolding type of thing, because even for myself, I'll, I'll give context that the neurodivergence piece comes up for me and I'm in a season of life where hopefully in the next month or two, it'll fully heal. But I've had a chronic like lung and sleep issue to mm-hmm. where I haven't been able to like sleep more than six hours a night, which for some people is a lot for me. It is not, I need like seven to eight. So because of that, it's made my, my brain time already even more variable. And I think sometimes too, we forget that if we create our business for when we're at our like highest energy, we're actually make or our highest, like most functioning brain time, we can also shoot ourselves in the foot because we're not giving ourselves enough space or rest. And that is something that I am a very much guilty person of. I'm actually in the moment of 
deconstructing again my, my calendar because I realized I started to create it again based off of a like Monday through Friday format when I'm like usually in the middle of the week or towards Thursday I need at least an afternoon or morning to just fuck off life like to go on a hike or something and I always used to shame myself being like you know that's um it's not productive you're not doing those things granted every time I would actually support myself a new client would come in or this because I'm actually not trying to force everything so much and I think there is something to be said about a lot of this has to start and end with permission and that if you don't give yourself the permission and hopefully this podcast at least starts the process of you getting there um, but if you don't allow yourself that you'll continue to keep fighting against systems that were not created for you and Mm -hmm. unfortunately in the entrepreneurship space um you can try your best to keep fitting into what's it called like the square peg in the round hole piece um (laughs) but it's it's never going to work for you and it should also be exciting to some degree of like now I get to find what works for me versus the the perspective of nothing works for me I feel tired and you Mm. you should grieve that a hundred percent but I think there is hopefully some movement towards excitement and curiosity in this rather than you know uh you know sadness almost to not be able to use a lot of the programs that maybe you bought and were actually aligned for you absolutely like all of that is speaking my whole language. I think about um, this summer, I took a course with Sonia Renee Taylor and Adrienne Marie Brown um, called Radical Permission or the Institute of Radical Permission. And it was an incredible, like it just so happened that they were doing their pilot program then, but I, I realized that was an incredible way to kind of begin this phase of my entrepreneurship with all these intense, <laughs> soul searching lessons and giving radical permission and like the worthiness to give ourselves permission around things. And um, so last summer, summer of 2022, I started my coaching business. Before that, I had a private practice, a therapy private practice for the last five years. And it has been a really humbling lesson in learning that while those are two businesses that I have started, they are very different. Yes. <laughs> and they demand a very different set of skills that I was incredibly naive about when I started mm-hmm. my coaching business. Um, but now that's information that I can share with other people in in their process. Um, but yeah, there's so much like I keep telling people I I was a trauma therapy complex trauma therapist for 15 years and I've been through my own trauma healing work and I will tell you that the journey of entrepreneurship will press on all the buttons. It stretches us in so many ways. Like you have scarcity issues. All right. That's going to be tested. You have worthiness issues. Cool. That's going to be tested. Like all the things. And, and it is, it is really rigorous, which is why in the work that I do, I pair both like the business coaching and mindset coaching because you need it both both are intertwined especially for other late identified neurodivergent folks who like I discovered my neurodivergence in my 40s so that's four decades of life that I lived without knowing these essential pieces about how I worked and receiving messaging about myself from other people who were making assumptions about me or um you know just like making judgments about me right so 
that's 40 years of content of like imposed ways of believing and thinking about myself that I have had to uh, get rid of, deconstruct, throw out in, you know, on trash day. And those pieces have been necessary for me to be able to show up, to show up with my clients, to do, to hold space for them to do that work, but also for me to show up to myself as, as a business owner, as a founder, as someone who hopes to grow into being a leader of a staff and, you know, so on. I think that's a really big piece that you mentioned around the part of the mindset work or even like emotional inner healing work, because that's something that for a long time, I was afraid of talking about online because, you know, I help out with messaging and funnels and you think that they're, you know, they think that they're very straight laced, but so much of this, like you mentioned, is truly a mirror. And if you think that things like messaging or funnels is also not a mirror for your worthiness or for your visibility issues, like it is a hundred percent. And I think there is, uh, unfortunately, sometimes we we're taught in society that the strategy matters more than the mindset or the energy work. And it's, it's not the case. They are like equal, if not a little bit more sometimes with the mindset stuff, because you will show up differently. You will overwhelm yourself. You'll self-sabotage. And I think that's a huge part of what needs to be in like any business program ever, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'd love to kind of close this part out too, for those who are, you know, in the space of maybe they either just started in this area of trying to like die, you know, figure out what to start with in their entrepreneurship space to even say, okay, how can I better fit this to my own brain type now? Um, what is something you would tell them or like the place to start when it comes to just finding the the breadcrumbs of what feels good and what doesn't feel good for them. Yeah. I definitely want to encourage folks that there is a lot of messaging that is not for us. And it is important to be able to have a strong enough sense of self to be able to recognize I'm not failing because I don't fit that message. I am just in a different process. Like my process is different, right? Like marketing for neurodivergent people who are doing the marketing as well as marketing to neurodivergent people looks different than mainstream marketing approaches. And there's a lot of messaging. You know, I I see these, (laughs) these kind of clickbait headings like, three things you're doing wrong with your lead magnet or mm-hmm. five things you should have been doing yesterday. To, right? It's like really shamey, blamey, which absolutely repulses me. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to read your stuff. You're going to make me feel like trash. But there can be this buildup of like, wow, something must be wrong with me because I'm not, you know, suddenly making $30,000 in a month after 60 days in business. Like there's just a lot of outrageous claims out there. First of all, there are a lot of systems that um, I think like kind of hustle and grind culture does not take into consideration all the diversity of ability, right? So there's a lot of ableism in hustle and grind and productivity culture. And so I guess like, I just want folks to know 
if you are going at your own at a pace that suits you, yeah, it, it may not be the pace that you see other people growing or scaling their business at. It may not be the pace that you see marketing people talk about, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong and it doesn't mean that you're failing. It means that we move at different paces and part of our work is coming up with new definitions of what is success, coming up with new definitions of what is, um, you know, what are, what are wins? <laughs> like, what are the things that we celebrate, right? It's not just numbers, it's not just money in the bank, but it's, hey, I took care of myself today. And I, I, chose, I chose to care for myself and I rescheduled appointments. That was the win. I modeled that for my clients so they know, oh, my coach did that for me. Like maybe, maybe I can do that in my business, right? Like those, those things are, are ways that we're redefining what it means to be in business, redefining what entrepreneurship looks like. Um, I think part of what is exciting and also sometimes uh, like hard part of this work is neurodivergent entrepreneurs are trailblazing. Um, we are creating systems and structures that have not existed yet. Part of what I'm providing for my clients is like, this is a whole new way that hasn't been done before. And we're creating the tools that we want to use, right? Yeah. So we're creating them as we are also needing them. So there aren't models necessarily to look at um, that exist because we're building them right now and we're building them so that the next generations coming up behind us will have them but um, it can feel like lonely work and it can feel like um, yeah just like what even am I doing like no, not nobody else is doing this but I, yeah I just always encourage folks like just because nobody else is doing it doesn't mean it's wrong or failing and that yeah. and I think too as someone who is creating programs even for myself that I've never seen before there are many times where I am doubting you know is this is this right or is this going to be good but I at the end of the day if all of this comes down to you understanding like is it supportive of you and is it supportive of your clients and if like as long as you mm -hmm. have those two boxes checked um you're on the right path and I know for those who are listening like we've only scratched the surface of this mm -hmm. so I want to give everyone who's curious more about what you do and all the ways they can like be with you and like listen to more of what you're talking about um can you let them know a little bit about you know where to find you and also just like hear more about these conversations I think if this is the first time you guys are hearing this you're going to want to dive in for sure <laughs> yeah thank you for that invitation so um, I can be found on most social media platforms at Expansive Mindset Coach, um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm on LinkedIn as Jennifer Allenbaugh. Um, I also have a talk show called Autistic Unscripted, which is on YouTube. And um, I'm working on season two episodes, which will include uh, guest speakers, many of whom are also autistic and or ADHD entrepreneurs. So we have 
a lot of these conversations. Um, yeah, I think I don't did I. No, I think you, you, yeah, I think you got it all. And for everyone who's curious, I put all the links down below so you can go check that out. But I know this is truly just like, I feel like with this conversation or this topic, it, it could be hours, honestly. So I'm hoping that (laughs) if nothing else, this brought curiosity to people who needed it and also permission for those who have been wanting to hear more about it. So I just want to give them that. And also just say, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know this is also it's just such a ever unfolding topic that I, I love that you mm. have a corner of the internet for more people to find because we need more conversations around the neurodivergence, especially also for entrepreneurship too, because they both, um, they can go together, but you need sometimes usually people to help you out with it. Absolutely. And thank you so much for hosting this conversation and I'm making space for it. Um, I I'm right along with you. I don't, I don't think that there can be too many of these kind of conversations right now. Um, so I'm, I'm here for all of it. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you guys all later and see you then. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in to the online presence podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go down and give a five-star review. And if you want to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at Danielle Clem with three M's on Instagram. And if you're ready to take your scaling journey to the next level, head over to danielleclem.com for our own life-changing offers. See you on the interwebs and in the next episode.